are also a fruit. And you've got to be careful how you treat them. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. Um, if you have your Bible apps and Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. If you have your church app, you can go in there. It's right in there. And if you don't have a Bible, it'll be right on the wall in front of you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. You were running well. Uh, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Skip down to verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. As we continue this uh, sermon, summer sermon series, couldn't say that, uh, uh, I want to preach this morning from the thought, rotting fruit, rotting fruit. Uh, in these first three verses uh, we read, Paul is commending this church by saying that they started off real good, that, that they heard the message, that they heard today's inspiration about not giving up. And they started running really well. Uh, but then Paul also turns a corner, the Apostle Paul, and says that something at some point has persuaded or has convinced them to stop running. And last week we talked about the gospel really being about freedom and liberty. That, that somewhere at some point something has convinced them to stop pursuing freedom and to start going after legalism and structure and all this stuff. And so I would say to you this morning that, that now that those of you that have heard specifically what we've said, uh, there's going to come a temptation or a persuasion to, to give up what we just prophesied and spoke about and prayed about, that, that, that hunger that you have, that, that you've had, and many of you are like me coming into today, you've been feeling frustrated by that thing. Um, and so to hear what God spoke to us just now is, is confirmation for some. It's affirmation for others. Those are two different things. I don't have time to get into that this morning. But, but it confirmed that God has spoken to you, and it affirmed that you are the one God is speaking to. Uh, uh, Y'all catch that? So, so you needed both of those, right? Um, but now that the Lord has spoken, the temptation is going to come to rip away that which God has confirmed and affirmed in you. Tuesday night, I believe it was, in Bible study, we talked about one of the things that the enemy does. The enemy always comes back to challenge whatever God just spoke. I need a Pentecostal holiness talk back church. Y'all not going to sit on me this morning. Y'all got to talk back to me. That, that when you go to Genesis, that God speaks to Adam. And as far as we know, Adam speaks to Eve. And when the serpent comes, the serpent doesn't come to challenge their way of living. The serpent comes to challenge what the Lord said. And so he says, well, did God really say that? Well, let me tell you what God really meant. And if you fast forward, that was the first book of the Old Testament. If you fast forward to the first book of the New Testament, the same thing happens in Matthew with Jesus, that Jesus is baptized in the, in the 
Jordan River and the Spirit of God descends and, and God the Father speaks and, and the Bible says that he's carried away into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy and the first thing the enemy says, uh, he says, if you are the Son of God. Now ain't that a trip when Jesus was in the water, God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and as soon as the enemy gets a chance, the first thing, y'all skip to the top of the temple and cast yourself down and turn the stones into bread. No, before he says any of that, he says, if you are the Son of God. Now, I'm trying hard not to cuss this morning, so y'all got to help me and talk back to me. Ain't that a trip that the first thing the enemy want to do is try to deny that you are who God just said you are? Oh, God. And there's somebody in here this morning that tonight when you lay your head down, the enemy is going to come tell you, oh, you ain't all of that. That was just emotions. Monday, when you, ch- when you log into your checking account on Monday and you see that you ain't got no money this week, the enemy is going to tell you, I told you, you ain't all of that. Yeah, let all them dreams go. Uh, come Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, when you get turned down for something you've been hoping for, the enemy is going to tell you uh, to give up on your hopes and your dreams dreams but you've got to learn how to tell the devil you've got to learn how to tell your depression you are not from the Lord the Lord has not spoken to you and last time that I checked I am the head and not the tail I am above and not beneath I'm the lender and not the borrower and I might be in between right now but one day the Lord is going to bring me into my kingdom. Somebody clap your hands in this church. Amen. First three verses. First three verses. Paul is saying, you started off cool. What tripped you up? Now, the thing that I love about the text, in, and, and this, is, this is hermeneutics 101. This is Bible interpretation 101. Sometimes the reason why we don't get the answers we want from the Bible is because we're asking questions the Bible wasn't concerned with. Sometimes the reason why we get frustrated with the Bible is because we're asking a question of the passage that the passage doesn't care about. So you trying to find out what color was Jesus' shoes. And now you didn't got the African, the, the Hebrew Israelites convincing you that your Bible ain't real because you can't figure out what color Jesus' shoes were. And the Bible ain't concerned with Jesus' shoes. It's concerned with his life, ministry, death, and burial, and resurrection. Talk to me three people. The thing that I love about this is that Paul never gets into a long, heated conversation about who or what tripped them up. Because you get to insert your own trip. Yeah, your trip might, might have Hennessy on the label. Your trip might have his number still in your phone. Your trip might be that you ain't, un- you ain't blocked her yet on Facebook. So, so Paul leaves the trip wide open. You can insert your own trip. And some of you, well, I don't drink and I, I ain't, I'm good. Okay, well, your ego is tripping you up. Your pride is tripping you up. You keep walking into every situation thinking you know everything and you're trying to figure out why life ain't turned over for you yet. It's because you're arrogant and you know everything and you can't be taught nothing. You walk in every situation like, well, this is just who I am. Well, some situations don't call for you. 
don't get to just be whoever you want to be in every situation. You can't, Bishop Jake said it this morning, he said, you can't walk into JCPenney, you work at JCPenney, you can't walk into JCPenney with an attitude just because you don't feel good. Either go home or do what they're asking you to do. You walk into the habit, you walk, every time I walk into the habit, I know good and doggone well, it's folk that work in the habit that's having a bad day. But every time I walk into the habit, every time I walk in the pizza studio, I don't care where they are in the building. Every time they see somebody come, hello, welcome to the habit, welcome to pizza studio, I know they get tired of welcoming people. Yeah, sometimes you want to walk out, go out, and come back in because they're going to do it every time you walk in. Not because they want to, but because they know that in order for them to get their paycheck, oh, God, in order for them to get paid for the work that they do, it is required of them. Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man or a woman be found faithful. And here we are not being faithful to God, not being faithful to the church, not being faithful to the calling God has placed in our life. And we're mad at God for not paying us like we were faithful. I'm going to preach to the wall because I, I got some bad looks at me right now. But, but I can't show up at my job late. And I can't show up at my job cussing folk out. And I can't show up at my job taking vacation when I want to. And then expect them to pay me exactly what they said they're going to pay me. They pay me my paycheck because they agree that I'm going to do what they told me to do. The only place we do this is the church. I'm going to show up when I feel like it. I'm going to do what I feel like doing. And I still, God better bless me. And if God don't bless me, see, God ain't real. You did run well. But who tripped you up? Whose version of Christianity tripped you up? Who, who, who told you that, you, that, that the Lord just going, he just knows my heart. Since when is that acceptable? What book, chapter, verse is that? Because that's not in my Bible. I wish it was. The Lord just going to have to accept me how I am. You can come as you are. You can't stay that way. And, and, and watch me now. And, and it's not, you're not going to change because pastor is trying to guilt trip you into changing. Because there are many people, even in this small church, you are the way you are, and I, I don't guilt trip you in another. If the Holy Ghost is not going to help you. First three verses, he says, he says, he says, who has, who has hindered you? He says that you got to be careful of this persuasion to get tripped up. He says, then in verse 9, he says, because a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Now, this was one of those analogies. I, I confess to you my, my biblical lack of understanding when, with, with regard to certain passages in the Bible. And it's not because I haven't read it. It's not because I haven't studied it. It's not because I don't understand the Greek and the Hebrew. It's because I am so far removed culturally from some of these things. So several years ago for the men's retreat, uh, we went to uh, Temecula. And we were out there, and that was when I first started getting interested in grapevines. I wanted to know more about grapevines and, and ended up preaching an entire series on grapevines because it was the first time that I sat down and studied grapevines, but I didn't preach since I was 19 about Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. But I had never really looked at a grapevine, so there were nuances of that analogy that I was missing. 
And, and same thing here. I didn't understand what Paul was saying until my wife started baking bread. Now, y'all know every once in a while I bring that up in hopes that it would spark. Hey, in hopes that it would spark. Hey, glory, glory. Nico, Nico, Nico. <laughs> in hopes that it would spark something. But, but my wife, when she started baking bread, she had to go buy yeast. And, and yeast is, is the leaven that Paul is talking about. And, and when she buys it, it comes in this little bitty jar. I, sh I should have brought the jar. And, and she puts this whole lump of dough and all this milk and eggs, all this stuff that she mixes together or whatever she uses. And she has to put about two teaspoons of, of yeast, tiny bit, two teaspoons, all right, into the dough. Now, I know this is important because one time we, we, we goofed and spilled too much yeast. And we were sitting there trying to pick yeast <laughs> out because too much yeast will mess up the whole thing, especially in a bread maker. Yeah. Now, you got an oven, you might get away with it. I mean, a real, like, big oven. Yeah. But in a bread maker, that thing is going to just, just, yeah, it's going to be bad. You ever had a waffle machine and you poured too much stuff in a waffle machine and, you know, it's just it's oozing out on the sides? Yeah, it was going to get bad. Because what happens with, with yeast is that yeast is activated in warm water. And, and, and the yeast begins to eat or, or feed on the sugars and the flour. And as it feeds on the sugars and the flour, it releases carbon dioxide. Some of you release carbon dioxide too. And, and some of you are louder than others when you release carbon dioxide. And, and, and some of you still haven't caught it yet. And you have not caught it yet. Would you, just learn to, would you just lean over to your neighbor and tell them what I'm talking about? Just real quick, explain what I mean to your neighbor. Just... Tell them, tell them, sometimes you fart. Tell them, sometimes you pass the gas. <laughs> and it is, it is the air bubbles and pockets that begin to make the bread rise, right? So, so you can't use a lot of it. All you need is a little bit. Now, now come back to Paul's analogy. All you need is a little trip to mess up the whole journey. That all you need is a little bit of doubt. All you need is a little bit of self-hatred. Self all you need is a little bit of insecurity. And it will mess up your whole journey that God has planned for your life. I'm preaching better than you're responding. And, and so Paul then, by the time you get down to verse 22, has switched up his analogy now. And he's no longer talking about bread. Now he's talking about fruit. Now, he switches his analogy, I believe, because he's no longer talking about what you can make. He's now talking about what occurs naturally. Are you with me? That, that when it comes to bread, uh, you need ingredients. You, you need stuff to make bread. But when it comes to fruit, fruit naturally occurs. And, 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 and when it comes to fruit, you can plant it, you can grow it. But even if you never planted an apple, there would still be apples in the earth. If you never planted oranges, there would still be oranges in the earth because God has, has, has made it so that the earth will produce and reproduce fruit. God, God has made it so that the earth will automatically produce and reproduce fruit. It's going to happen whether you have an orchard or not. Fruit were here before you, and, and God, Terry, they're going to be here after you. <laughs> 
And so he lists nine uh, fruit of the Spirit. If you're following along in your sermon notes in the app, there are nine fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to say here, I want to parenthetically insert that we've got to be careful of lists in the Bible. Uh, when we talk about we've got prophets and evangelists and preachers teaching, we've got to be careful about lists in the Bible, because sometimes a list is exhaustive, it's in your notes, and sometimes a list is representative. Sometimes a list is exhaustive. When you go through the genealogies, that's, that's all they was. That's it. Those are the, the men. Those are the men. That, that's all it was. But sometimes a list is meant to be representative. This is the kinds of things that you ought to expect. Are you following me? Are you feeling me? All right. So when he talks about the fruit of the spirit, I, I don't know that he means that this is it. There are no other things that can possibly be fruits of the spirit. But this is a representative list. These are the things that if you live a life in the spirit, these are things that ought to be produced naturally in your life. Oh, God, you shouldn't have to go out and manufacture these things. You shouldn't need ingredients to love people. You, you shouldn't need a process to have patience. These are things that if you were just living a life in the spirit, these are things that your life ought to naturally produce and naturally reproduce. Uh-oh. So, so if we are a church full of hatred and envy and strife and division, then there's not enough of us walking in the spirit and producing these types of fruit. If, if you're walking in your family and in your family there's hatred and bitterness and division and strife, there's not enough of you in your family walking in the spirit. Listen to what Paul is saying. He switched his analogies, right? Because fruit occurs no matter what. If you just live, fruit going to be. You don't have to make fruit happen. They happen. So he says that if you're just living a life in the spirit, if you just are a spiritual being, if you just act like God called you, yeah, that there ought to be stuff being produced and reproduced in your life. Now, hear me now. In, 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 in some cases, I know that, that many of us come from, from different backgrounds and, and we come from, from different places and we've got stuff in our life that we're trying to deal with and stuff in our life that we're trying to overcome. And that's okay because all of us is an ex-something and all of us is a current struggle with something else. Why y'all looking at me crazy? I said every last one of you in this church, I don't care how holy you are, I don't care how new you are, every last one of you in here, we've all are an ex, we're all an ex something and we're all currently struggling with something else. And if you'll be honest, it's really more than one thing you were ex. And it's really more than one thing you're struggling with right now. And you hope and pray to God that I don't get so anointed that I start calling out all your exes and all your currents. I need an amen right there. It means, though, no matter what you came from, that if you operate and live in the spirit, that these things, love and joy and peace and gentleness, that these things ought to be producing in your life no matter where you came from. It's amazing to me how sometimes we can attribute something to something that never had something. And that was a lot of somethings. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere. We attribute something and we look at something now and we assume it's always been that way. 
When you look at the, the skyline of the city of Los Angeles, almost any section of the city of Los Angeles is, is trimmed with palm trees. But the problem is that palm trees, at least the, the strain and, and strands of palm trees that we're used to seeing, are not indigenous to America. Not, not, not California, not northern Mexico. America. That the palm trees that we so easily identify with, with Los Angeles actually were brought here from Spanish colonizers and most strains were brought from the Middle East. But they've been planted here and have grown here in such large numbers. I wish I had somebody that was going with me. That they've become iconic and they've now been associated with Los Angeles. I'm preaching to somebody right now. So, so I don't care what you are an ex. I don't care if you were a gangbanger, a pimp, a hustler, a player, or a matchbook maker. I don't care what you used to do in your old life. The fact that you have been born again, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, once the Holy Spirit has recreated you, you have been born again, and all things are passed away, and all things have become new, and so you may be used to be known I said it you may be used to be known for your right hook your testimony used to be the clubs that you frequented your testimony used to be the people you slept with your testimony used to be the stuff you smoked your testimony used to be the places you went but you ought to be known now by the life that you live that the Holy Spirit living in you the Holy Spirit producing in you ought to give you a new testimony. Somebody clap your hands, open your mouth, and thank God for your new testimony. You ought to be like L.A. I don't know what the L.A. landscape used to be before, but now I know it for palm trees. I don't care if you never, if you wasn't born into a holiness church. I don't care if you wasn't born into a denomination. The fact that you are alive today and filled with the Holy Ghost, the fact that you are alive today and have chosen to be a Christian, the fact that you are alive today and you are sitting up in church, you ought to be producing and reproducing the fruit of the Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, God, let me try to get through here in seven minutes. Let me, let me try to get through here in seven minutes. The problem is not that we have fruit. We know that as long as God is alive, fruit is being produced somewhere. The problem is that fruit rots. Fruit rots. I want to talk real quick about how fruit rots. Because just like yeast is these little bitty pellets cause bread to rise, there are these small microorganisms that live in fruit. And, and, and after time, after exposure to, to sunlight and exposure to the elements just being alive, uh, the microorganisms begin to grow. And, and after a while, the fruit will spoil. It will rot. Ultimately, it's just life that causes fruit to spoil. 
that ultimately it's, 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 you don't have to do anything special to make fruit rot. Just let the fruit live. Man, I wish I had another church right now. Y'all, that, that, that if you just keep living, the fruit will rot automatically. Which is why if you want fruit in your life, you've got to get into a, a pattern of picking fruit and eating fruit and picking fruit again. Oh, God, that, that, that you've got to get into a pattern of picking fruit, eating the fruit that you pick, and then picking more fruit. All right? So, so ultimately, if you don't get into that habit, the fruit that you have will spoil. That, that your fruit will not last you all your life. So the fruit you got right now is not going to last you all your life. I dare you go pick you a couple of apples. And, and let them sit. Not all your life. Let them sit for a couple months. Nobody in here knows anything about what I'm about to say. Nobody in here knows anything that I'm about to say. But, but within certain uh, places of incarceration, uh, certain people who are, who are uh, unwelcome or involuntary victims and, 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 and uh, inhabitants of these uh, places of incarceration will let you know that if you take your fruit and put it in a plastic bag and, and tie the bag. Y'all don't know nothing. Nobody in here knows what I'm talking about. And, and put that bag underneath your bunk and let that fruit sit there for a couple of weeks. The fruit will begin to rot and ferment. And, and as the fruit begins to ferment, you can make a homemade uh, alcoholic beverage uh, from it. And, and they tell me that they call it pruno. And y'all don't know nothing about this right now. Uh, Y'all don't know, man. Baby, you work there. You, you understand. Uh, and, and, and you can make your own alcohol in the joint. But, but y'all don't know nothing about that because fruit will spoil if you just let it live. And so the fruit that you have right now is not going to last. You're going to have to find a way to, to digest and eat the fruit you have now and go pick more fruit later. All right, all right. Uh. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to obey. I, I'm, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to say a few more words about how fruit spoils. And, and next week, I'm going to finish this up because I need you to know that fruit can rot on the vine. It can rot on the ground. It can rot on the shelf. Or it can rot on the counter. Next week, come back next week. I'm going to deal with all four of those. That, that fruit can rot on the vine. On the ground, on the shelf, or on the counter. But, but what I want to let you know is that, that, that your fruit, even fruit of the Spirit, what God is doing and producing in your life, that's not meant to carry you. That, that you're supposed to be looking morning by morning for new mercies. That you're supposed to be looking for daily bread. That you're supposed to be finding opportunities to, 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 to love drop, finding opportunities to, to do acts of kindness, to find opportunities to operate and to walk in faithfulness. It's not good enough that you just say that you have it. Hello, somebody. When, when, when in the spirit our fruit will spoil and will rot when our love sits without being acted on. When our joy and peace are used as decorations on a table where no one is allowed to sit. 
some of y'all didn't grow up in black households, so y'all y'all didn't grow y'all didn't have a grandmama, a black grandmama that had plastic on her couch, and and you wasn't allowed to sit. Oh, y'all don't help me, y'all. And and you had a you had that plastic runner from the fr- y'all don't know nothing. Y'all don't know nothing about this. Y'all don't know that plastic runner that was stapled down to the floor, and 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 there was a there was a pathway from the front door to the place you were allowed to be, and 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 that pathway took you past the dining room because you were not allowed to sit at the dining room table. The dining room table was for show. That china that you never ate on, talk to me somebody. That that big antique uh, an antique chair in the window next to the lamp that never came on, but it had the little crystals hanging from the big old supersized lampshade and the Victorian chair with the arms and y'all don't y'all don't know y'all didn't have them kind of grandparents and and it had plastic covered because you wasn't allowed in there. That place was for decoration. Your mama had that soap in the bathroom that was like seashells and. And the decorated towels and embroidered on it. Y'all didn't, and you couldn't, you walk in there, you better dry your hands on your shirt. Don't you? Because those towels were for decoration only. Let my mama walk in there and see that that little clamshell soap look wet all of a sudden. Let her see wet, damp spots on her decorative towel. I dare you to walk in grandma's house and sit down, and she's going to hear you when you sit. <laughs> she's going to hear you sit on that couch. <laughs> Why are you in? Get off my couch. Because that room was for decoration. And the problem is, and I'm closing, and the problem is that most of us treat our fruit of the spirit the same way. We have it to show so we can tell people we got it. It was plastic fruit on their table. And, and some people, some people real deep, they, they continue to put fresh fruit out because they like the look of fresh fruit. So, so church, this month, as I continue, as we continue in this, I'm challenging you. Look at your life. And that's not just a, you, all of us, we've got to really ask ourselves, this week, did I walk in love? Did I demonstrate joy or peace to anyone? Was I patient with anyone other than myself? Because we got a lot of patience for ourselves. Was I actually walking in goodness or kindness or faithfulness? Was I gentle or did everybody tick me off? Did I have any self-control? Not just spiritually. Did I have any self-control with my diet? Did I have any self-control with what I was eating? Did I have any self-control in, in making sure I got, I got at least maybe a day or two of exercise in? Did I have any self-control in my spending? Did I have any self-control with my money? Did I have any gentleness, any faithfulness? Father, next week, would you please meet us here again? Father, next week, would you show us 
specifically how our fruit rots in our life? Would you show us how to avoid allowing the gifts that you've given us to go unused? Father, would you speak to us? Would you speak over us? Would you speak into us? Father, help us, God. We live in a culture where the greatest compliment of your car, the greatest compliment of your shoes is that they look brand new. God, help us to understand that in the kingdom, the greatest compliment is that it looks used. That it looks run over. That it looks worn out. God, help us, God, to use what you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, let me say a couple of words and then we're going to dismiss. I know some of you have some stuff to get to. Some of you are headed back to convocation uh, this afternoon. And, and I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I heard prophetess Sheila E. was, was, uh, was doing her thing last night. Uh, listen, I want to say a couple of things very seriously. I want to thank you all because most of you in here, I don't have to say this and I appreciate you so much, but the last couple of weeks... Um, our giving here specifically has been, um, to, to, to be very honest, has been abysmal. Um, the last two Sundays in a row, the offering has been literally just a couple hundred dollars, a few hundred dollars. Um, and we can't, we can't operate, live, exist like that. And so I'm asking everyone, if you haven't already um, given your tithes, please be faithful. Please give your tithe. Um, if you've already given your tithe, I want to thank you. I appreciate you. Um, and if you've already tithed, would you do me a favor um, this morning, uh, just because, again, we've had two very, very difficult weeks. I'm asking every adult member that can, uh, every adult member, can you make sure, if you can, if you can, can you give an offering of no less than $25 today? If you can. If you can't, don't sweat it. But if you can, would you give at least $25 today? Um, if you can. If you haven't given your tithe, please give your tithe. Give an offering. Uh, but for those of you that have uh, tithed already, would you please, if you can, $25. Uh, that's not a magical number. I'm not promising you a Bentley. I'm just saying we need a, I wish, because if we promise in Bentleys, I'm first in line. Second. He got second. Anybody got third? Okay. <laughs> and wait. See, but when we pray for the Bentleys, we're praying for, we're praying for the maintenance plan to go with it. Yeah, because I don't want to pay the oil change on that Bentley. I want the Bentley and the maintenance package. Amen. In Jesus' name. My God can do the whole thing. I'm just saying, the whole thing. Yes. I want to be able to just drive it in and they take care of it and I drive it back out. Amen. I don't want to write no checks and give them no cards. Amen. No Apple Pay. No nobody pay. <laughs> um, but seriously, if you can. Uh, would, you, would you sacrifice and be generous with us? Uh, we've got uh, several things coming up that we need to take care of, so we just need uh, those that can to do their part. Hashtag, do your part. Do your part. God has graced us and blessed us. There are plenty of us in here to take care of our obligations. We're not selling chicken dinners to try to pay the rent. We don't do that. We just ask for people to be generous. Amen. You laugh, but I'm promised we've been to some churches where having rummage sales to pay the rent and din chicken dinners and poor fish and chicken, they always get a life for the church. 
It's always catfish and fried chicken. They always give their lives for the church. Amen. I hate it. I'm sorry. I hate it. <laughs> we're just going to pay our tithe and give liberal offerings. That's what the Lord has called us to do. That's what we're going to do. Listen, today is second Sunday, which means that after we dismiss, uh, I'm asking a couple of brothers to help us move some chairs out the way and drop some tables. It's table fellowship. So we've got some food uh, today. We're going to eat. We're going to laugh together. We're going we're gonna to clown a little bit, and we're going to uh, partake of the Lord's Supper. We do communion at the table together as a family. So if you're uh, headed out, uh, please just help us get everything situated. And those that are not headed out, if you would, stick around with us for a little while. We won't hold you long, but we want to laugh with you. Uh, we want to hang out. Uh, those that are new members and newer members, we've got discipleship class that's going, that'll be going on. Uh, we've got some people that are almost done, too, don't we? Who's almost done? Deshaun and Wayne are almost done. Did Wayne, did Wayne ever find his homework that day? No, the dog ate it, right? The <laughs> The dog ate his homework that day, so. Because the dog ain't, what, what can he do if the dog ate his homework? Have you seen his dog? He got some big dogs. <laughs> so we thank God they're about to finish their, their discipleship class, and so we're asking everyone to come. Okay, who's, Nikia, are you praying us out? Are you closing us out? Nikia's going to lead us in our giving. Those of you that have to leave, my wife and I will stand at the door, and we'll hug your neck, and we'll, we'll bless you a little bit. And those of you that can stick around, stick around and, uh, and, and love on us. Amen, amen, message center, amen. We want to thank our pastor for that message, um, confirming that God said what he said, and then affirming that he said what he said to who he said it to, and then going ahead and encouraging us to act on those gifts and talents so our fruit doesn't rot. We just want to